back to the podcast. I am your host, Jay Gallegos. And today we get the opportunity to speak with a very special guest on the topic of marriage and relationships for the first time. It'll be the first time we touch the topic on the podcast. And it is a privilege to have high caliber leaders, high level thought leaders and guests on the podcast every single month. Just before I present our guest today, allow me to say that our goal together is to get one step closer and further along in becoming who God has intended us to be one step at a time so we can be effective and make an impact on every area of our life. If you have subscribed, if you have shared the podcast on social media, I just want to take a moment to say thank you. I cannot express enough that it's because of your support that we get the opportunity to continue expanding this platform. It means the world to me, and it also helps make the podcast accessible for others. We want to help grow and inspire others with each episode. And for our first timers, if you're the first time coming along with us, you can expect a new episode bi-weekly, a teaching the first Friday of every month, followed by a guest episode. And today I'm excited to share with you the great conversation I had with Cedric and Shantae Francis. Together they lead New Direction Community Church, as well as an executive leadership coaching organization called Lead to Greatness. Cedric and Shantae bring their 24 plus years of experience in marriage and relationship to the table, and together they host the Marriage Coach Podcast, or also known as TMC. Subscribe to their YouTube channel. You can find Lead to Greatness Podcast and the Marriage Coach Podcast on Apple, on Spotify, and wherever you consume content. So as always, it is a pleasure to invite you into my conversation with Cedric and Shantae Francis. Well, it is great to have my good friend Cedric Francis back on That's the Truth podcast. I'm excited to have you on. And this time you brought some help. The first time you were on, we were talking about some financial topics and you came you came solo, but now you came well accompanied by your better half and uh, none other than your wife, Shantae. Welcome both to That's the Truth podcast. Thank, Thank you, man. You. Thank, Thank you for you. having us on. We're definitely excited and ready to get into it. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. We're excited to, to speak with you tonight and we're, we're looking forward to it. And um, the relationship that we have, uh, Cedric, you and I, uh, whenever we get to talking, just like we we're talking about just now, we, we go on and on and there's so many topics and your life has been very inspiring to me and so many, so many great topics have been discussed and I've learned so much from your life, from your example and, and the same from your marriage from afar. And, and it's a privilege, honestly, tonight to be able to kind of dig a little deeper into the experience of your marriage. And I thought it was very important because after having 24 plus years in marriage, you learn quite a few things, you learn a few whatnots and you learn quite a bit. And I'm excited to kind of get into that and continue learning. And this is a journey for me. Uh, and it's special for me. It's a little extra little bonus that I get to share with everybody else, just simply because I'm learning as I go. I'm learning from every single guest. And I know that tonight it's not going to be an exception. Thank you. Yeah, we're definitely excited, man. And just ready, ready to get into it. Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, you know, 24 plus years marriage, you know, you, you come across different experiences, but I want to kind of start from the top. I want to back out a little bit. There, there's different different topics that we can open up with that I, that we can uh, that I'd like to touch on. But before we get into some of the more in depth topics, you know, tell me a little bit about your experience and where did you guys meet? How did how did your marriage come to life? How did it come about? Where did your relationship relationship begin? 
Wow, one that's that's going <laughs> that's going way far back. back. <laughs> so um, Cedric and I have known each other since we were little bitty kids, yeah. and um, I guess I would say our relationship kind of began with um, someone else actually telling us that they thought the other person liked the other person. So someone saying that you know they thought I liked Cedric and Cedric liked me, and we yeah. have been childhood friends went to church together all of that you know our families are somewhat intertwined so we had known each other for a very very long time and was friends you know fought each other in the playground and everything before we actually started dating so um when that person kind of proposed the idea that we liked each other i guess it just kind of evolved from there yeah i actually it's it's actually an interesting picture that we've seen Maybe what's well, an old picture, but we seen this picture recently, yes. and there was a picture me, me and her standing right next to each other. We know we're about five, six years five, old, six, yeah. And she have a little ponytail in, and you know I have you know my you know the, you remember those short pants that's real short. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I yeah. mean it was so cool, and we'll sit standing right next to each other, mm-hmm. and never realized we was attached, man, since we can possibly remember. Yes. Yeah, uh, we had a marriage. Um, uh, some family members were married, so we always been around each other, man. But yeah, the story about you know someone mentioned that, and when they told me, they said, "Man, you know, Sean, you, you know, Sean like you." I'm like, "She do." Yeah. <laughs> I was the same way. Yeah, so I kind of think Cedric like you. I'm like, for real. Yeah, yeah. And after that, man, we just kind of we we're about 16 years old uh, mm-hmm. during this time, and we we started dating, and we started dating. It was really weird because. We was dating, but we kind of kept it a secret because we didn't want the family to be upset with us or anything. So we kept it a secret. But uh, the the secret finally came out the hat, and it wasn't as bad as we thought, man. Everybody was kind of excited about it. Everybody was kind of saying that thing, like, ah, oh, we, we, we knew it. Knew we already knew. Yeah, yeah, so it was, it was really strange. It was, it was really cool, yeah. That's probably one of those things that everybody sees already from afar and everybody sees it and everybody realizes it except the two of you and everybody knows what's going to happen except you. And that's, that's very special. I love that. I can imagine it was love at first sight. And I think it's very special to have you both on tonight as, as a, a conversation here on this podcast, because this is not necessarily a relationship podcast, like what you provide on, on uh, TMC, which is the marriage coach. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. And it's also not even a leadership podcast, even though that we talk about a variety of topics or we get into a variety of topics that provide value for different people and different aspects that generally put us together as human beings, make us better, bring us closer to God and bring us also closer to each other in community and bring out the best in us. And the entire purpose of this and the vision behind this is simply becoming who we're called to be. And simply becoming better and making the environment better, changing the environment around us and making everything and everyone else better around us. So more specifically tonight, we're talking about relationships and with your experience, I know that that's going to provide a lot of value for a lot of people. So with that, also, I was also wondering and thinking a little bit about how your life changed and how your relationship changed from the first time that you met from you knew that that was the one, you knew that moment you're going to be together. And then something changed when you began leading together because you were already married. You already had gone through some of that beginning experience. You went through that first layer and then you began leading together. 
And I'm pretty sure that that changed a lot of things for you that changed the momentum, that changed rhythms, the way you think. But I want to get your perspective on it. And how was leading together and how did leading together change your relationship? <laughs> I think definitely in so many ways. Um, but we have over the years leading together for so long. We've now gotten to the part where um, everything is kind of compartmentalized. You know, we have our marriage, and that's forefront, our relationship. And then when we're at church, he's pastor. And then when we're working, lead to greatness, he's the CEO. When we're TMC, I'm the CEO. TMC, I'm the CEO. So we just kind of, we've learned and kind of mastered the switching of those roles for us. And in the beginning, that I guess the difficulty and the challenges in that was learning how to compartmentalize those roles and not let them overlap each other so that, you know, even if we had a disagreement in leadership, um, trying to get to a, a certain thing, it didn't come into your marriage. Or if you have um, some misunderstanding in marriage, it's not taken over in your leadership roles. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and one of the big things for me was, I mean, it was really a game changer in our relationship, period. And this goes back to even before the business and mm. ministry and all these things happen, yeah. is the the fact of personal values, right? Mm. So we we have these things that we're good at, and we have those things that we're not so good at. Yeah. And one of the things we struggled with in the beginning you know, I want to say the first 10 years of our marriage, you know, we always went back and forth with this thing of, you know, I'm, I, I guess my weakness, where I'm weak at, it's like I'm so um, intimidated and, you know, I have a, you know, a self-esteem issue about it or whatever. So every time she mentioned that weak area, you know, I felt some kind of way and, you know, I got on the defense and she did the same thing. And so it was really, you know, going back and forward, you know, instead of focusing, which we did later on, focusing on our strengths. And so we sat down and was like, okay, what are you good at? What am I good at? Mm-hmm. And so what we did, we, we really started paying attention to it, looking at this thing as partnership and not, you know, just bumping heads with each other. And found out, you know, I was good at a certain things, you know, the um, the visionary aspect of it, uh, the overall focus and creating mm-hmm, systems. Mm-hmm. And she's an executor. I mean, she executes like nobody's business. And when we learned that about each other, instead of trying to change each other, like, oh, you need to do more of this, you need to do that. We stepped back and we began to see, okay, what are you, what areas are you good in? What areas are you good in? And we began to create this synergy well, we begin to, man, it, that things begin to go smoothly, you know, when we begin to do that. Absolutely. I also think that everything that we learned as we led, we also use those tools and those tips and those tricks yeah. to even make our relationship better. So the things that we learned in leadership, we applied it to our personal lives as yeah, well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could imagine that in the early days, you know, you're trying to get established, you're trying to get your family going, you're trying to set yourself up for success as you go and as as your marriage just begins to season a little bit and you get more experience. But from the moment that you began leading, what is it that led you into the vision and the mission to equip and lead other people, lead other marriages? And basically, where how did you end up with TMC Podcast for the purpose of uh, 
becoming or providing value where you're uh, helping others thrive and not just simply survive? Absolutely. Um, For us, it started mainly um, during the pandemic for years and years and years. We always, you know, had people talk to us or people that said they admired our marriage. They admired how we were and how we are with each other, laughing, playing, joking, all the things, you know. And so at the height of the pandemic, we started to talk to different couples and from different cities and things like that. And we were talking to people and meeting with people. But as that kind of grew and there was more people to talk to and more people to meet with, it's like, uh, we don't have the time to have a one-hour session with everybody. So then we came up with the idea to do the podcast because then we could share our journey, we could share our life, our story, where we've learned, where we've grown, and where we're still learning to grow because we use TMC as a platform to be very transparent with our um, listeners. And so they know, you know, we've talked about the times when we had to, you know, call a timeout because we're not coming into an agreement. And so with that growing for more and more people to be helped, it was like, okay, this is the best way to do it because now they can get this information on a dial, they can go to iTunes, they can go to YouTube, and they can experience some of the things that we've experienced. They can go through the challenges with us and how we've grown, the tips that we learned and the tools that we use. Absolutely. Everything that we use to make us better. And then, you know, we started to bring other couples on to share their stories so that they could reach the audience in areas where we had not experienced certain challenges. There are other couples that have, and they've overcome the challenges. So, yeah, it kind of started at the pandemic, and it spiraled from there. Yeah, yeah, because during the pandemic, because, you know, what happened, you know, during the pandemic, people are not going back and forth to work. Everyone is at home. At home all day. So we were getting calls. We were coaching people from couples in California, uh, couples in New York. I mean, it it, it got really, really busy. So we sat back. And we realized, we were like, wow, that's, that's a problem. That's a problem. And, you know, God placed on our heart to create the platform to begin to, you know, to have resources where married couples, whether you're dating, single, married, thinking about getting married, whether you're a blended family or whatever, creating this platform where someone can come onto the platform and get the information they need to get the help they need. Uh, to take their relationship from surviving to thriving. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that. I love how together you're you're sharing the same vision about not simply surviving but thriving, like really taking yes. the next level, really taking the next step in people's relationship. And this is not one of those things that you necessarily have to get technical about statistics. You can if you like. You're going to find the numbers. You're going to find the information you need on on a spreadsheet. But if you just simply look around, there is so much need in relationships. If Absolutely. it doesn't take much to see how great the need is, but I want to take a step back a little bit. I want to, I want to bring it back towards you. And I want to talk about a little bit about what you would consider in your view, an ideal date night. What's worked for you in the past? What do you prefer and what are you into? <laughs> so an uh, ideal date night, honestly, an ideal date night for us is just the two of us 
Just I mean, the time. Yeah, it doesn't matter yeah. if we going somewhere to sit in the car and have a burger. Yes, go to the park, sit in the car. Restu- yeah. Exactly. If we're going to a restaurant, um, just that quality time for the two of us to take a breather and yeah. it just be us. We talk about everything. Um, we always say, we're not going to talk about work. We're not going to talk about ministry. Never happens. And it never happens. Yeah, we right. always start talking about yeah. work. because part of our life. That's yeah. our life. We just, so, we, yeah, we, absolutely. Yeah. And, and and one of the things, I mean, it's really, it's a really interesting thing because when we first got into ministry yes, and yeah. our lives got real busy, <laughs> that's when we became very, intentional. very intentional yeah. about the date night and having, we, we used to do, when she was still working in corporate at the time, uh, every Friday, every Friday we went out to lunch and we did a vacation every, every, every quarter, quarter. every mm-hmm. quarter we did a vacation. and. Man, it was it was just really good. It was definitely necessary. And we don't like the vacation. We haven't did a vacation since in, COVID. But yeah, since, well, we we had one last <laughs> yeah, uh, twenty twenty one October. October. Yeah. But we haven't really been on vacation like we used to be. But we found different times. Like we'll go sit outside. We we will drive. We'll go get a snow cone and we'll sit in the car and just mm-hmm. talk. Or sometimes we can go. I'm getting ready to go somewhere. She's dropping something off. We're dropping off. We're talking along the way. Then we're sitting in the driveway for two, three hours having conversations. And it's really just spending that time together, just really, you know, just really, uh, you know, just really getting it in when you can. Because we both, our our lives, our lifestyles, I mean, we're pulled on so much by so many people. You know, even with, I don't know if you mentioned uh, Meet the Streets, you know, we feed the community three times a week. You know, so that's a lot of pulling, you know, you know, in different organization, different ways. So, you know, we we really we came to the point where we realized that, you know what, um, God has called us for something great. And we realized the time that we had, we have to be specific. We have to really uh, uh, be, uh, you know, calculate and make sure we schedule our time together. Absolutely. Because if we don't, our time will get taken. So happen. we, yeah. yeah. So we always make sure we always make sure that's done, and that happens in the relationship. Because man, I mean, people people have needs, and you know, we want to help people, but we can't help anybody if we, if we need, need help. help. So Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. And I was I would like to add this though, because in the beginning of the leadership journey and everything that God was calling us to do. Cedric was the first one to make sure that we were intentional about that. I mean, the moment he started pastoring, that's where the idea of us having lunch together came from. And then as time goes on, he's always like, are you okay? Are you good? And then it's like, we have set date where we go we go on to lunch. That's what we do. And so for us, I mean, I guess that's why the ideal date night is just any time for yeah, us to be together because that it's it not expensive, turns, yeah. man. We ain't trying to, we, we not, we're not doing no expensive steak, exactly. steak houses, nothing like that. And we can go just, to someone else's weddings, birthday party, yeah, and it's going to turn into a date night for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to keep things fresh. And I love that. And I love your the way that I see your relationship. It, it just seems like it stays fresh. It stays up to date. You're all about each other. And this is not a topic really that that you would see newlyweds struggle with. I, I would I would be very, very concerned if uh, somebody six months into their marriage or maybe a year, year and a half and say, hey, we're struggling to keep it fresh. What do we do? I really doubt that you can ever get a question from somebody that is newlywed. Pastor, how do we keep things fresh? You know, but for more seasoned and experienced marriages, more uh, 
uh, marriages that have been exposed to life and struggles, what other ways can a relationship stay fresh and be intentional with it, but without, or actually will still being true to yourself? Some say, well, we can be very structured about it. We have to schedule it. We have to put it on paper. And then others say, well, we don't want to be so structured, but we want to be intentional. So in, in what ways can, can we do that? You know, and I like the questions you asked the different ways. And I think that's so important is communication. Mm -hmm. Communication. I mean, nobody, you don't have to do it the way the Francis do it or or, or like anyone else do it. You find your own way, but we have to communicate. Mm -hmm. We have to communicate what we want because we want different things. Uh, For example, my love language and and her love language is different from Mm -hmm. someone else that's listening love language. And I definitely Want to put a want to put a plug right there right for there. This, yeah. the the five love languages. Definitely take that test. I mean, it's very helpful, you know, to learn your love language. My love language is quality time. That's the top of mind. And now, since the uh, pandemic, hers is quality time. <laughs> it's shifted. Yeah. yeah, it's shifted, and, and so it's really communication. It's like, what what do you want? What do you want? You know, what what do you want? What what can we do? you know, to make this, make this, take this marriage to the next level, you know, to keep working on it. One of the questions that I ask, um, I ask this question, I started asking once a year, but I do it all the time now. I ask her the question, I say, you know what? I said, if it's anything, if it's anything, if I can be that ideal husband in your life, is there anything I can change? What would it be? And to ask a question like that, you have to really, Mm. and you have to really be, you know, wait for the answer. You have to be ready. Uh, because sometimes we, the answer we get, we may not like, you know, so I, I would say, you know, make sure you know, do it on a good day where, you know, the love, the love tank is real high. Full. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the tank is full before you have that conversation. But yeah, definitely communication, man. I agree 100% with Cedric communication, because the thing that you want to keep in mind as you are gaining years under your belt for being married, the seasons of your life changed. Yeah. You know, like um, when we were younger, yes, we took off on a Friday night and we could go have dinner and go to a movie. And we still can do that now. But sometimes life is busy and you're in a different season. And so yeah. it's lunch. It's one hour lunch that you're setting aside to be able to communicate with your husband if a group, if a, uh, a marriage, if they have kids, the kids might have all of these things dynamics going change. on. So the dynamics change, yeah. but as those seasons change, then you want to communicate how are we going to make sure that we keep us intact. Yeah. We have the kids. The kids got football, they got baseball, they got basketball, and we're running all day long, but how are we going to come together every day, every yeah. night, every week to make sure that we are good? Yeah. Because when you constantly check in with each other and communicate about what works for you and what you need then is you're able to shift throughout those seasons a lot easier than if that communicate and i want to say proper communication is the key proper communication and that shift man i mean because she she mentioned season shift and that's Mm -hmm. so important through life like i say we've been married 24 years 24 years has been a lot of shifting Mm -hmm. that was a shifting uh we started off in the military it was just me and her Mm -hmm. then you know kids and you know and, and the kids going through school, mm-hmm. graduating, mm-hmm. and things like that. And and oftentimes what happens, if we get stuck in a season, like, for example, if you're not being intentional, and let's say you're raising kids and you're not spending time with each other, you get so caught up in mm-hmm. raising kids 
and the marriage no longer exists, and, and now mm-hmm. you're just parenting. Yeah. And when the parents go on, and, I mean, the kids leave. go mm-hmm. when the kids leave and go on, and they're grown. Now the parent, now the parents, the marriage. I won't even say parents, the marriage. Now the husband and wife looking at each other, mm-hmm. you know, like who are you? Mm-hmm. Because we've been, we spent the rest of our life, we spent our whole entire marriage parenting. parenting yeah. Mm-hmm. That's phenomenal. I love that, and thank you for being very open with that. And I kind of want to go back to the question. I'm a little curious about what you mentioned, because that's a very bold question that you ask. How can I become that? What do I need to do to be that, that, that husband that you expect? And that's a bold question. Did you have to prepare yourself a little bit to, to receive that answer? And did you react the way that you expected? Yeah. <laughs> I, I tell you this, the first, but here, here's the thing. You have to, with, with all things, you have to do your best to just take it in because naturally the first thing you want to do, you want to jump on the defense. You want to jump on the defense mm-hmm. and you want to say, but I do this, but I do that. No, this is the moment for you to just listen. Just listen and just take it in. And speaking of communication, here's the thing. Just because another form of communication is our body language. So I can, I can, I can be I can listen to what she's saying, but I'm you know, rolling my eyes or getting mad and frowning up or, you know, sweat bowling up on my forehead. I mean, that's the sign of communication that I'm getting upset. Mm-hmm. And what happened is I'm basically telling her not to be honest with me mm-hmm. because I can't take honesty. Mm-hmm. You know, so, that's yeah, definitely. Nice. And that was one of the first things I remember. I, I asked her the question, but honestly, I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready for it. And I had to go back to her and apologize. So, you know what? I apologize. Let's try this again. And I did it. And I was more prepared. But I would tell you, I was more prepared the second time. But it was still, still a part of me that wanted to jump in. But I took everything, you know, just to Cedric, listen. Cedric, listen. She's not your enemy. She's not your enemy. She's your wife. She loves you. Mm-hmm. And I had to talk to myself. I had to talk to myself. And finally, man, got to the point where, you know, it's, I tell you this. The first time I asked, it was really, it was one of those things like you get on the defense, but then I kept my mouth closed and I started working on it mm-hmm. and things got better. And then she started asking me the questions yeah. and things got better. So now it's at the point, now we do it as a, because we know it's, it's going to do nothing but make their relationship better mm-hmm. and not worse. And we, we constantly remind ourselves uh, that we're not each other's enemy, Absolutely. you know, that we love each other, you know, we have each other's best interests at heart, you know, so we're looking at all this stuff. And so when you start seeing the results of it, also oh, no brainer. You just start asking because you want, you're like, man, I'm ready to take this thing to the next level. Yeah. He got to the point where he started saying, give me something to work on. Give me something to yeah, work on. Yeah. I was excited, <laughs> man, because wow. the relationship is just, it's just getting better and better. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, man, I want to get better. You know, so, I, so then things not only helped me as a husband, but it helped me as a friend. It helped me as a leader. It helped mm-hmm. me as an individual. And it started because here's the thing. We, we, you're one person. Mm-hmm. You're one person. You're a husband. You're one person with different functions. But you're one individual. And when she started seeing these things, which is my blind spots, I can't see the blind spots. We can't see blind spots. That's mm-hmm. why we quick to get defensive mm-hmm. when the blind spots is blind exposed. Spots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so 
She told me about these blind spots, and it didn't just help me in the marriage. It helped me in every aspect of my life. And I'm like, man, I like this. Absolutely. I like this. I mean, man, this this caused me to get promoted. This caused me to wow. be in positions where uh, the, uh, the the you know company you know negotiate for you know deals and things like that. I mean, it really it benefits you in more ways than you think, man. Yes. What a beautiful thing to be able to continue pouring into each other. And, and it's not just one way. You're making each other better. And then together, you're making your entire life better. And then not only yes. there, but you're overflowing into other people. And here you are talking about it very openly, very freely, very transparent with it. Yeah. And I, and trust me, I'm taking notes. I'm going to go back myself and, and really play this back on one speed for myself. And like I said, it's just a plus that I can get to share this with so many other people. But this is going to help me quite a bit. And even though we, my wife and I were 13 years in, we're still learning about each other. We're still learning so many things. And your testimony, what you're sharing tonight is, is going to help me tremendously. And speaking of communication, you know, there's, like you said, there's verbal language, there's body language. She can probably feel whenever you're upset, you know, without even saying a word. And how many times has it, has it been where you ask her or she asks you the fact that, Hey, what's on your mind? And you may be, well, nothing. I don't, I'm not ready to talk about it yet. You know, the communication's there open to be received, but it's not really there to pour out. Is that like a frequent issue with different couples that you see across the board? I think it, it can be, it can be an issue. And I would say for us, it would be, it has been, it has been more on my part. Cause it's like, I don't know. I just be like, the Holy Spirit is talking to him and he's just like, babe, you okay? And I'm like, I'm good. And then I'm like, why you ask me that? And he's like, so you good? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, why is he asking me that? Because he know I'm not good. He knows something is on my mind. Something is going on. And then, you know, eventually I do talk to him about it. But, I mean, that can be detrimental to a relationship when, you know, someone is opening or asking you for that. You know, like, what's going on with you? Give me that open, honest communication or share with me your thoughts, your feelings, your ideas. And you kind of like, oh, nothing. I'm good. And um, I have been that person before. But one thing I will say about him and I would encourage others to do, and we always tell people this, don't give up. When you know what you feel in your spirit, when you know that something is off with your spouse, your significant other, don't give up. Because what he'll do, he'll say, okay. And then it might be the next, that night, yeah. it may be the next day or yeah. so. He like, babe, you good? Or a different moment. Yeah, and I'm just like... While we're eating. Yeah, just, then I'm uh, like, you know what? Blah, blah, blah. And then I'm talking and it just yeah. rolls out. So definitely, if you know what you feel or you see something is different, something is going on, just don't, you know, don't, even if they block it off the first time, don't give up. Be persistent and do, you know, do it in a, a loving, caring way, but be persistent to let them know that you are aware. Yeah. And I would say timing. Mm -hmm. Timing is very important. For example, she's not a morning morning person. I'm a morning person. <laughs> yes, she is. Um, um, I'm not an evening person. Mm -hmm. She's an evening person. So what tend to happen, like, we finally, <laughs> we finally got to the point where we really understand this. So if that's something crucial, whether it's ministry or anything, like the, a problem or anything, uh, she don't bring it to me, you know, at night in or evening. in the bed. She mm -hmm. don't bring it to me then. 
because that's that's not my that's not it's my not time. Prime time. That's not my mm-hmm. time. I, I I'm that's not the time where I'm a great problem solver. Mm-hmm. You know, so she don't even bring it to me. And you know, the same thing, you know, in the morning, which I have to say, it, it's it it's kind of a struggle too because I'm a morning person, and man, in the morning, man, I got man, my ideas be rolling off my head like crazy, right? And so I. I said, babe, you up? Yeah. He'll say, yeah, I'm up. And I'm just, I'm just going, going, going. And then the next thing I hear, I hear a snore or something like, ah, oh. you know, but it's, it's, you know, so that's one of the things because I'm a, I'm, I'm a morning person and she's a night person. But we still, I, I don't know. We still have to meet in the noonday that's or something it. like lunch, that. Lunch works very well. Lunch yeah. yeah. That's like the sweet spot for us. You know? So yeah, they finding that sweet spot, man, to, to really, to really do that, yeah. I love the fact that you mentioned timing, and I, I would imagine that 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 took a little bit of time to narrow that down and to even realize oh, that, yeah. that that existed. At what point in your marriage did you realize that? Did it come to be a thing? And <laughs> we get to implement. Oh, wow. Is this is this like in the first five years? Are we talking about the fifteen-year no, window no, or like? No, <laughs> no, man. This this is about probably twenty years, man. To be honest with you, yeah. About 20 years, man. It's something we recently... I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. TMC, the Marriage Coach Podcast, has been a blessing yeah, for us. For man, us we learned well, yeah. so much. And, and oh, during the podcast, so I would say three, yeah. the next last three years. Yeah. Because we only had the, the podcast to be three years old in August. And, man, we learned this recently, man. And it's like... I think that's why it's so cool. The tools that we didn't have... We're able to provide the tools yeah. for other relationships that they won't have to wait Go 20, 20 years, years. Yeah, yeah. before they realize all these tools, mm-hmm. tips, all and tricks, yeah. you know, that we get from, I mean, you know, when we, in it, when we uh, do psychologists and doctors and, you know, all these different people. So, man, this is something that we learned recently. Mm-hmm. This is recent stuff, man. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I love absolutely. that. So. Here recently, I've seen an influx in new marriages, at least within my circle, my immediate family and friends. There's been a number of new marriages. So we already mentioned time. So what other thing could you recommend to new marriages or maybe within that three-year window, that crucial three, three and a half year window, what would you recommend them in regards to communication that is going to keep them safe and is going to keep them communicating well? I prefer the def- one thing I would say is that, you know, they have to be intentional about communicating. Mm-hmm. Intention- and I always add the word proper in front of it. Proper mm-hmm. communication is the key. And I definitely would say to them that you, you have to be persistent in your communication because even as you mentioned a few moments back, sometimes, especially when you're newly married, you're not always, because sometimes we don't know that. We don't know that Uh, We haven't necessarily given all of us to understand this is a safe space, you know, or I can be honest about this. And we're still learning each other in those first years. So you it may take some time for them to be open and honest. So you want to communicate with them properly, but you also want to do it on a consistent basis. You always want to check in. You always want to make sure that you're following up with them, you know, following up with your significant other to see how they're feeling, what's going on, and just make it, it, it's, it, the way you say it, it may seem like a task, but it's really not. Once you start to do it, 
Create times that you check in with each other. Mm. Times where you're sitting down communicating with each other. And you also pay attention to each other's communication style and those type of things so that you know, like you said, with Cedric and I have been married a long time, so now I can tell if something is frustrating him without him saying a word. Yeah. I can tell if something is... You know, bothering him when I saying a word. He's yeah. the same way about me. That's why he can say, babe, you good? Because it's my breathing that tells him I'm breathing different. I'm sighing. And he yeah. can notice that. So you pay attention. Yeah. You always want to be a student of your spouse. Mm. Study your spouse. How they communicate. How they communicate when they're angry. How they communicate when they're happy. How they communicate when... um. Things are stressful. All of those things. So you know, and you begin to connect those things and you are understanding exactly how to communicate with them and something that Cedric always tells me. And you also know that in those times, not to take it personal. Yeah. Like if they're having a, a stressful time at work and they're communicating differently, you know not to take it personal. You know, so I think that that's important. And I would also tell young, newly married couples, Hook up with some people that have been married yes. for a long time. Wise Christian yeah. counsel so that you can have that example before you and you will have friends that will talk you off the cliff when you want to say or do something that you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Yeah. And and that and that's so important what she said. I mean, it's really that that studying the spouse, because listen, here it is. If we have any newlyweds listening, listen, that that feeling. That honeymoon phase, it only lasts it for a good stop. two yeah. years, mm-hmm. and it fades out. Mm-hmm. You know, the reality, because here's the thing that happened in relationship. You have two people. The scripture says two becoming, becoming. one. Becoming. Mm-hmm. Not become. Becoming. Mean it's becoming one. Marking. So mm-hmm. two becoming one. So you have two people from two different families two different upbringings, two different personalities, two different parenting, two different two different everything, right? So two people coming together. So you have to learn your spouse. You have mm-hmm. to learn your spouse and you have to have grace while learning. Absolutely. Because there's certain things. We've been through different things in our lives. Some people have been through some serious trauma, been through some serious trauma in their lives. So when you're dealing with trauma, there's some things that, you're dealing with someone that dealt with trauma may be very analytical. They may be very silent. Don't say any much. Someone that's been through trauma may not be that emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm saying that emotional, but because I mean, they because you can get emotional with you know with aggressiveness and things like that. Yeah. But when things are cool, calm, and collective, that whole um, uh, trying to avoid conflicts. I mean, that that person may go silent and may not want to deal with that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to. You have to know your spouse, learn your spouse, learn those mm-hmm. things. You know, when the crucial conversation comes, do 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 they go silent or do they go violent? Mm-hmm. And if they go violent, step back mm-hmm. and then have a conversation. What happened? Mm-hmm. What happened? Where, where did that come from? I, I, I didn't, I, I never met, I mean, I never met them before. You know, I never <laughs> met the aggressive you, you know, the, I never met the you that said, you know, that say unappropriate words, you know? So having those conversations, really getting to understand the individual, like, you know what? Hey, let, let's sit down. You know, I love you. I love you. Well, you have to constantly say this to mm-hmm. each other and to yourself. I love you. Mm-hmm. I love I'm you. I love you. I'm not mm-hmm. your enemy. 
I'm not your enemy. I just want to help you. I want our relationship. I want our marriage to be great. Mm -hmm. I want our marriage to be better. I want us to have a better communication than we have it right now. Let's, let, let's have a talk. Let's have a talk. And sometimes you have to dig into those things because that's a, that's a quote that I heard. And I love it. It said, understand, understand before being understood. You have to begin to understand people before you want people to understand you. So it's like really understanding, learning, learning those things. You know, what, you know, what's the approach? You know, the, uh, looking at the body language, the timing, you know, the tone of voice and things like that. I mean, all these things is definitely important, mm -hmm. you know, the relationship. So that's one of the things I would say, you know, to someone just starting out, someone, you know, in, in the beginning of a relationship, those are, you know, just some key things to keep in I mind. I have one more, too. One it. more I would like to add, because this is very, very important. A lot of times more for women than men. But listen to hear what your spouse or significant other is saying and don't listen just to respond. Mm. Because a lot of times in communication, we're not really grasping what's being said to us because we're too busy, you know, trying to collect and like, well, if you're saying something to me, I'm coming up with a response. I'm right. coming up with a comeback. I have something to say about how I feel about it. Yeah. And instead of listening, because that's where the understand before being understood comes in, because I'm listening to you. Oftentimes, even mirroring, this is what I heard you say. And you repeat what's said to you so that they know you're actually listening to them and that you heard them. So I think that's important too, especially in a new uh, marriage when you're, growing in communication with each other pay attention and listen to actually hear what the other person is saying and not for a response if a response is necessary give yourself a pause to give the response pause. but make sure that you are intensively wow. listening so that you know what your spouse is saying because if i think about in our earlier years there was plenty of times when i created what cedric was saying versus what he really said yeah. to me and so then i'm mad for two hours hours and I'm upset and now we have to... Oh, a narrative yeah, that was created exactly. and it wasn't even true. wasn't even the truth yeah. because or either I'm listening, he's saying something and before he can finish, yeah. I'm already saying this because I'm defending what I'm what I feel or what I think or what yeah. I say yeah. whatever. So it's yeah. important to be intentional about listening to the other person and give yourself a pause before responding. Yeah. But listen to hear. And the pause is good because the pause keeps your emotions from hijacking your logic. Mm -hmm. You don't want your emotions to hijack your logic. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask the listeners a question. Have you ever been in a situation, whether it's a relationship with anyone, have you ever been in a situation in your life where you were speaking out of your emotions and you said something that you really mm -hmm. didn't mean, and then after you calm down and logic begin to sit in, you're like, what Ooh, in the wait. world did I just do? Yes. Why in the world did I just say that? So we have to really be careful, and we have to understand that feelings is not facts. It may be real to us, mm -hmm. but feelings are not facts. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so good. And I want to stay on that vein a little bit longer on, on communication, just simply because I know for a lot of relationships, that's probably one of the number one reasons why you have disagreements and it escalates from there. But at the root of it is just simply the lack of communication and proper communication, effective communication and everything to do with that. So is it possible to, because I know we, we always say over communicate in leadership, whenever you're talking about over communicate, but is it possible in marriage to over communicate and be repetitive 
But and then in some cases, one can one of the spouses can choose to communicate, but then the others is really not listening, or they're neglecting to listen, they're neglecting to communicate, or to just simply be open to listening overall. But one of them is on one side, they're actively choosing to say, hey, look, I want to talk about this. So where do we find the correct balance in communicating effectively when, for example, one person is willing to, they're open to, and they're overdoing it in some cases, but the other one isn't? Well, I would say definitely if you, um, it depends, every situation is different. But if you find yourself in a situation where something is crucial, something is critical to the detriment of your marriage, and you're trying to communicate about it, and the other significant other, the other partner is not wanting to communicate about it, you might want to get some help at that point. You might want to get some coaching, some counseling, a mediator, someone, you know, that can, some couples therapy, someone that could help you guys come to some type of, yeah, some type of level playing field. And then, but I will say at the same time, if you're um, if you're overly communicating only out of anger, then you know that may be something that's causing the other person not to communicate. So we always want to be mindful because there's variance to it. You know, if you're if I'm if I'm communicating something and I'm excessively communicating it because I want you to know that it's bothering me and I want us to be better, then if that's if I'm continuing to do that but we're not getting any better and you're not able to fully hear me then we need to get some help and that's something that we should never um ignore and we should always think that it's it's an option yeah it's okay to get some help if we're not able to do this like this we're not able to come to an agreement between the two of us it's okay to get some help and and i would say ask yourself this question what are you communicating Mm. what are you communicating because sometimes Everything that comes out of our mouths are is negative. Mm-hmm. So we have to, it's like, it's like you have this, it's everything we talk about, or every time we have a conversation, is the conversation about me complaining about something. Mm-hmm. Do I ever uh mm-hmm. communicate mm-hmm. of how much I appreciate mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. So I mean, we have to really make sure, you know, that our conversation is not just one-sided. Yeah. You know, just mm-hmm. as much good feedback. And, you know, and, and criticism, I mean, you want to kind of make that. Matter of fact, I would say, I would say uh, you, you, wanna, you want to give more positive, positive feedback, you know, focusing on what the individual is doing right than what they're doing wrong. Because what they're doing wrong, if you continue to talk about how good or what they're doing right, think about this. Every last one of us, we all want to be appreciated. Mm-hmm. I think this worst thing about a lot of comp- corporations is what happens is when someone is doing a good job, nobody says anything, but as soon as you make a mistake, <laughs> oh, now you get called yeah. into the office. Yeah. And people are not being appreciated. And that's what happens in marriages. Some, maybe the spouses don't feel appreciated because every time you say something, it's always what they're not doing. I mean, they, they, I mean come on now. They're they doing something. That's something they're doing. I mean, okay, if they they if they're not putting up the clothes or leaving the shoes out or something like that, it's like, what what are they doing? What are they doing? And then even sometimes reverting back to those moments, those moments, those moments when you first got together, it's like, why did I fall in love with this individual mm-hmm. anyway? Yeah. Anyway, what made me fall in love with them and thinking about those things? And matter of fact, if you can't think about anything, Karen, bring up 
what happened, the reason why you fell in love. And we'll be surprised when we started giving that positive affirmation what it does to relationship. People put their guards down. People are not fighting anymore because now I feel appreciated. And sometimes people, that's all they want. I just want to feel appreciated mm -hmm. because right now I don't feel like you appreciate me. That's huge. That's huge because naturally as human beings, we it's easier to see the negative side. It's easier to yeah. see the negative things and you got to be intentional about the positive things. And it's a struggle. And I say that just from my own experience, I'm guilty of that. And trust me, what you're saying is helping me tremendously. And I know it's going to be helping so many people. So I want to change gears a little bit. I want to talk about values. I want to okay. get your perspective on values and what value or basic values could you share with young marriages to establish early into their foundation from your 24 plus years of experience and some of the things that maybe you learned later on in your marriage, what could help a young marriage in regards to value? Well, I think that it's important for a young couple to, in their relationship, in their marriage, they should definitely value their honesty and integrity with each other. Absolutely. There should be a certain um, values that they have that are important to them as a couple and their relationship and honesty it should be of the highest value you know authenticity um allowing yourself to be open honest with your significant other um of course they will continue to learn you they will continue to you know the layers will continue to come off as you grow together but definitely honesty they loyalty trust those things should be of high value and you are when you when you marry someone you have you're making a covenant commitment between you that person and god and yeah. when you do that you are saying that you are going to love her like Christ loved the church, that you are going to respect him, that you're going to honor him. So these things should be of high value to us from the beginning that, you know, from day one, as a wife, I'm always respecting my husband. You know, I'm always um, being honest with him. I'm always being loyal to him. The same for the husband from day one. I'm always being honest with my wife. I'm loving her like Christ loved the church. Yeah. And if I'm, if we're doing that for our marriage to exemplify the relationship between God and us, then we are being honest. We're being faithful. We're being loyal. We're being trustworthy because we know that all those things about God and those things should show up in our marriage and in our relationship so that we can continue to grow and thrive together. Yeah. And that's one thing. So the, the, the value in this is, is in scripture. Uh, first of all, I would say value, uh, the value that you have for God, you know, mm -hmm. um, because that's our foundation. And that's what keeps us, that's what, uh, you know, it's been a blessing to our marriage. But it says two things in Ephesians. It talks about the woman uh, respecting her husband and the husband loving the wife. So I think yeah. a great value for a man is to be respected. And a great value for a woman to is to be loved, mm -hmm. to be cared for, to be protected. You know, these are the, these are some things that, you know, that we need in our relationships, you know, and that's what makes the relationships, um, you know, flow and flow freely. It's in our instinct. It's who we are as people, as creators, um, creatures of God. You know, he created us this way and he created us to be like that. So I say, you know, those values along with trust, along with integrity mm -hmm. and things like that, that. Those are so, 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 so very important. Excellent. 
in marriage. And I think, you know, for an individual on here that may not be married, I, I, I would encourage you to, you know, in the relationship while you're dating, understand, know your values, mm-hmm. know your personal values, mm-hmm. and then know the personal values of the individual that you're about to mm-hmm. get in covenant with. Yeah. Because if the value, values don't line up, I mean, that there could be, you know, mm-hmm. big adjustments that you have to make during the marriage, which which can be which can be done, right? But I'm just, you know, just to save to save some headaches in the, in the beginning, you know, really sitting back and you know, going down a list, you know, pulling up something on the internet. It's like, you know what, what's what's my what top what's my Absolutely. top values? What their top values is like, okay. Mm-hmm. Then looking at those values, like, you know what, hey, can mm-hmm. we make this work? Because <laughs> yeah. sometimes yeah. we get into relationships and somebody's value may be wealth uh, and things like that. And the other person values to serve the community. And so the other person's uh, value is community. The other one is build wealth. That's a problem by itself because one person is about giving, the other person is about taking. So mm-hmm. that can be an issue in the relationship. And that's, that's so profound. And we could take that in so many different directions. But I think we could probably do an entire episode on just that, what you just said right there. But I, I, I want to go a little oh, deeper yeah. on, the, on, the, on the value of forgiving. And we know how important Mm. and how much of an impact it is to have and to know how to forgive in a relationship. But what would you say to those that struggle with forgiving and choose to say, well, I just want to forget about it. I don't want to talk about it and avoid the issue. And you're really not forgiving if you're forgetting. I don't think that I think when an offense happens, there has to be um, there has to be a work through. We have to work through the offense. We come together. We talk about it. You know, we discuss it. And there has to be a, a process to the forgiving, you know, forgiving in order for you to move on. Because I don't think you can actually have an offense happen and you just forget it. You say that, but in the back of your mind, it stays there. And I think sometimes in relationships, when people say that, that's when it continues to pop up because you say, hey, you know, I just forget about it. I don't want to talk about it. Let's move on. But in the back of your mind, it stays there or in the back of the other person's mind, it stays there. And it continues to be that, you know how you have a stench in the house and Mm. there's a stench and Mm. you know something smells bad, but you can't find it. Right. But it keeps popping up. And maybe the stench is not there all the time. It's when the house is extra dry or, you know, when it's hotter that the the smell is there. And I think it's the same way for a relationship. If you do not deal with the things that you need to deal with, they are going to keep popping up. It's going to keep popping up. And all it's going to do is it's going to get uglier. It's never going to be just forgotten. Yeah. I don't believe that. Yeah. And I, I think for the individual that committed the offense, whatever it is in the relationship, they have to be willing to apologize mm-hmm. because what we tend to do when we are the villain yeah. in the situation, the villain tend to make themselves the victim when they need to take responsibility in what they did as a villain. And, you know, mm-hmm. basically, I mean, just a simple, I'm, I'm sorry. If you apologize for what you did uh, and the individual that's, that's that's the victim in the situation. I mean, you have to learn and you have to forgive and you're forgiving for you because if you if you don't forgive, it's going to affect you more than anything. It's going to make you bitter. Mm-hmm. But when you forgive them, it's going to make you better. Mm-hmm. You know, that's so amazing about that word, bitter, better. It's just the only thing changes the E and the I, mm-hmm. you know, just one letter. And that's the same thing with this. So I, I would say twofold. 
for the individual because oftentimes in relationships, someone make a mistake or someone do something and they just right away want somebody to forgive them, but they are not even remorse or haven't repented for mm-hmm. what they done. You know, sometimes still in the offense, willing to do it again or whatever. Mm-hmm. You just want somebody to to forgive you. I mean, I can forgive you, but I won't forget. And yeah. I, I think that's a, one of them things that, like, people think, okay, you forgive somebody, you're supposed to forget. No, I'm not going to forget. I, I can't erase it. I'm not a computer. I can't erase it out of my mind. Yeah. And if I, I can forgive you, but that trust factor, I mean, it, that takes time. That takes time. And for someone, I mean, listen, if we, if we have done any type of offense in the relationship or any relationship at that matter, we have to understand, I made a mistake. And it's going to take time mm-hmm. for me to build that trust back. Somebody mm-hmm. can forgive you and still may not build that trust back. Let me give you an example. Let's say you have a cousin, right? You have a cousin that um, last Thanksgiving, they came over to your house and they stole, they stole your money. They stole your money. Next year, you say, you know what? I forgave them. And you invite them back over. You invite them back over to the next Thanksgiving dinner. But the next Thanksgiving dinner, I guarantee you, you're putting your money up. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, you're not leaving your money out. And all that means is that there's a trust issue. They have to build that trust back, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so this is common sense stuff. But so when it happens in our life, and we, if we the one that stole something or done it, we have to just accept what we have done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the individual that, that, that it was stolen from have the grace for the individual, but it has to be a two-way street. I mean, you you know, I, I have to have grace, but you have to, you, you have to be that's serious. Yeah, you have to have some remorse about what you've done as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Thank you for sharing that and really expanding on that. I know that's really going to help because that's an issue for, for so many for so many couples in relationships. And one of the things that really come to mind aside from simply just forgiving different relationships begin in different parts of their life. And and this is something that you mentioned earlier as well. Uh, They they begin in different stages, begin, you have different cultures, you have different backgrounds, different upbringings, different values that you were uh, groomed with early on. And now you put those two together and things start to grind a little bit as you put them together. So what I'm trying to get at is how does one deal with the fact that now you're together and you just realize, Hey, this other person they got some baggage that they brought with them. They got some some family trauma that get, that is that they brought along with the relationship that wasn't dealt with early on. Maybe they didn't know about it, or regardless of the of why they didn't deal with it. Now now we're here. So how does one begin to unpack the fact that hey, now we have to make this work. We made this commitment, but now we have some extra baggage that we didn't count on. I, I think first of all, you have to remember the vows. The vows that we said for better for worse. For better or for worse. So that's one of the things you really have to think about. And what I love, I, I will use us for example. Uh, when we first mm-hmm. got when we first got married, um, I had I had a lot of issues. Well, we both had issues, but I I, mm-hmm. I I talk about one of my issues. I had an anger management issue, right? And it was something stemmed from my from my childhood, my relationship with my father. And you know, so through that process, what was so awesome? I, that's why I, I man, I love her for this is during that process, she never, she never tore me down. She built me up. And it reminds me of a story in the Bible, you know, with Noah and the ark, right? He built this ark. And the ark he built, when the storm came, 
he went into what he built, right? Mm -hmm. And I look at the situation in our lives, man. It was some times in my life when I was broken, when times when I felt worthless, when I felt like, you know, she, she, <laughs> she told me I was smart before I even realized I was smart. You know, she, it, it was one of those type of things, right? And so she spoke, she spoke life into me. And when she spoke life into me, it didn't happen right away, but eventually I started like considering like, man, you know what? Maybe she's right. And then eventually I started believing it. And then eventually from her saying it, I started believing it. I started acting on it. Mm -hmm. Then other people started saying it. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm like, oh, okay. And, and so the whole point, man, it's like, it's really, if we say we love someone, we have to love them through. I mean, life is not perfect. None of us are perfect. We all come from something. We all have some type of thing we are dealing with. And the goal is to help each other through it, to help each other through it. I have grace for you. You have grace for me. Let's figure this thing out and let's work through it. Let's work through these issues. Again, I'm not your enemy. I'm not your enemy. And I would say, for like for us, I think about us, um, I definitely believe that Cedric had the grace and the wisdom to even help me carry my baggage because he talks about, you know, his anger and when he was from growing up. And I had trust issues. I had issues as well. I, so it was things that we both had to work through. Yeah. But I always say that, you know, you want to definitely connect and you, hopefully your spouse, prayerfully your spouse is someone that can help you um, carry your baggage. Pa yeah. Some of it, he even helped me unpack and release yeah. because yeah. now that's that we, yeah, that's it. We're working on ourselves together. He's always encouraging me. He's always, I, I told him this a couple of weeks ago. In our 24 years of marriage, I said, he said, he asked me something about why I trust him or something. And I said, because you've never done anything to let me down. In 24 years of marriage, you have never done anything. Every, I mean, I have letters from when we were 16, 17 years old, and he's made good on everything that he said in those letters. And, it, and today he works on himself all the time to be a better man, not just about being a better husband, but to be the man that God calls him to be. He's a man of integrity and all of these things. But he was graced. God gifted him. And I have the right spouse to help me carry my baggage, unpack some of it and drop some of it off so that it's no longer being carried. It's things that I can now release because I'm aware that they were there, but I know that that specific time in my life doesn't have to ride with me forever. Yeah, it's good. Because when I even when I look at the bad or the things that I experienced as a child, that was seven, eight, nine, ten years. But I've had 24 awesome years with him. So it overshadows all of that. So I'm able to drop that off. So that's definitely important to, you know, be with someone that is able and pray. I would say pray that God gives you what you need to help your spouse with their baggage, with their trauma, whatever they come into. Because if you've already married them, you've already made the covenant commitment. Yeah. And what you want to do is ask God to equip you to be the spouse for that person. Yeah, and yeah. I think one of the things we can't, I think Hollywood did a very disservice in what marriage is supposed to be, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But but that that's a that's a thing in marriage where we have to really understand it. Really uh 
be and do what marriage really is, right? I, I'll give you an example. Let's say sports. Um, what, what, type, what, what type of sports do you like? I like them all, but let's, let's go with football. All right, football, right? So football, you have a team. And let's say the ball is thrown. The guy, the running back is running with the ball. He get hit. The ball is fumbled. Somebody on the team is going to go for that ball. Nobody's going to stand around and just watch. Why? Because we all on the same team. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're trying to win. Yeah. We're yeah. trying to score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. We are on the same team. Yeah. And that's the way we look at our relationship. Mm-hmm. We're on the same team. We're not on opposite teams. There's nobody on opposite teams but the enemy. We're on the same team. We're trying to win. And we want to win this thing together. We, we went across and we said, I do, together. We want to cross the finish line, and we want to win together. So the thing about that, I mean, you have to think of marriage as a team. This is a team sport. Mm-hmm. This is not an individual thing. Mm-hmm. We are a team. Yeah, that, that's huge. And Shantae, you mentioned something that, that I want to unpack a little bit, and I want to be respectful of your time as well here. And, and just before we let you go, I, we have to get into that because what you mentioned was the fact that you you had things that we, that you considered as baggage, let's say truth, uh, uh, trust issues. But you also mentioned the fact that he helped you unpack certain things. Now, what would you say to those people that, that are not open enough to say, hey, look, I can't open this just yet. It takes some time and we hide it away. And you put it in maybe the, the you put it in the, in the seat in front of you or you put it in the overhead in the overhead compartment, like on an airplane and you put it away and you just leave it there. And there's, I'm pretty sure that there's relationships that struggle with not unpacking certain things. How has that made a difference for you? And how can we help those that decide to say, Hey, look, I'm just going to store that away and I'm never going to open that. Well, I would definitely say, um, for the spouse who is the spouse of the person that's not yet ready to unpack. Cause I'm going to say not yet ready to unpack. Um, be patient, be patient, because for us, I mean, we're talking about 24 years. Yeah. It didn't, I didn't unpack this stuff overnight. Yeah. I mean, if you would have talked to me when we was married for five years, yeah, I wouldn't have said different I had story. Never been right. I wouldn't have said that I was able to unpack it. I definitely wouldn't have said I was able to drop anything off. So when it comes to, you know, you love a person and you know that, you know, there's something that needs to be dealt with, but, you know, they're not ready to. I definitely would say be patient. I always say be prayerful. And you're praying yeah. for your spouse, not praying on your spouse. Mm-hmm. So you're not praying for, you know, God show them this, this and that. You're praying more. God help me to be the spouse that they need me to be. Help yeah. me to be the husband yeah. uh, she needs me to be. Help me to be the wife he needs me to be. Help me to be able to help them in the areas where they are, you know, even in the areas that are secret to me now, God, you know, give me the ability to walk this thing out with yeah. them. So you're always yeah. praying for them and you're praying from a place that God is doing a work in you to be able to support them and give them what they need versus 
You know, show him that he needs to deal with this. Show him that he needs to work on this. No, you're praying from a place, God, help me to be able to help him. Because that's what we are. Cedric just mentioned a team. And if you see that you have a teammate in trouble, you help them. You don't leave them out there on their own. You help them. And that's what we have to do. And a lot of times when you're sometimes I want to say this, you're not always aware of the fact that you have this issue and you've packed it away because I was that person. I have this issue and I've packed it away. And so if I packed it away, I don't know I have a trust issue. It's just something and I just packed it away. And then for other people, they may have come to some cognizant that they do have it, but it's like dealing with it is too painful. So I'm not ready yet. You know, I'm not to the place where I can deal with it yet. So the spouse has to be patient and continue to be prayerful and just, you know, uh, lovingly, nudgingly, you know, keep doing that. And like I say, for me and Cedric, we made a commitment in our marriage to, I work on myself. He works on himself. And so we keep showing up better. I'm going to, I'm going to show up better. He's going to show up better. Thus it makes the marriage better. And even till this very day, we are still talking about uncovering things and like, Oh, maybe maybe I'm like that because of this that happened in my childhood. And then now I'm aware of it. And it's like, okay, you're not a kid anymore. Yes. That, yes, it hurt then. And it happened. It was real, but I'm not a kid anymore. And I don't have to, hold this in that space it's not i don't even have space in my life for this i forgive that and i release it but if you are dealing with a spouse that hasn't they they have they don't have the heart yet to deal with it because it hurts too much just be patient yeah Yeah. that's so important that's that's, yeah and it's so important man i i i'm telling you i mean 24 years of marriage we're still we are still yes. to this day. We're still growing. Mm-hmm. We're still learning. still learning. We're still working through things. I mean, I'm talking. I'm 44 years old, but I I just realized something coming into the new year. Something that happened when I was eight years old. Dig back there, and I brought it to her. I'm like, wow, this happened when I was eight years old, and it's been, it's been, it's it had a stronghold in my life for 44 years, and I'm just discovering this. So I mean, it's. It's a man, marriage is a journey. Mm-hmm. It's a journey. Yeah. It's something we're 24 years into it and we're still growing. Mm-hmm. We're still learning each other. We're still getting better, mm-hmm. you know, in different areas, man. So it, it's, I, I would tell someone, you know, be patient, you know, just enjoy, enjoy where you are. Mm-hmm. Enjoy where you are. Don't get so caught up in trying to change everything. In one week, listen, we've been 24 years and we're still changing. Mm -hmm. We're still changing. We've talked about so many, so many good things. We've talked about trust. We've talked about communication and um, go continue. uh, Shantae, what was it that, uh, that you wanted to expand on? Is there something that you want to add? Oh, no, I was just saying continue for the long haul. You know, just like Cedric said, marriage is a journey. So you want to continue and it. Even if something doesn't change today, you know, it, five years from now, it could be different. Just yeah. be patient, be prayerful. And I, I definitely believe our relationship with God and our desire to please him and to continue to be committed to this covenant that we have continues to make us want to do the work to uncover the things and unpack the things and continue to learn more and grow more. So I think, you know, just keep and consistent with the journey. 
Yeah, and we know that this is a struggle. The journey is long. The journey is, uh, it, it can get heavy at times. And and the fact that we can count mm-hmm. on each other, refresh each other, and keep each other accountable in so many different ways. And there are so many more topics that we can open up on and expand on. But like I said, I want to be respectful of your time. But I want to end this on a good note. And every time that me and Cedric sit down and have have a lunch and have conversations, we're always we're always learning so much from each other and I value our friendship so much and, and, and I'm, and I'm very open with them and, and, and I know that he's open you. with me and, uh, and, and that's why I value our friendship so much and, and it means a lot because of so many things that I've learned. But however, I want to, I want to end on a good note and I want to end on the fact that what has made and strengthened your relationship over the years, what would you say, maybe narrow it down to one or two things, three things that you'd like to share and you could take that wherever you want, but what has been the thing that, you can say, Hey, we did this and it really made us better. I would say taking extreme ownership in everything you do and knowing that marriage is not 50, 50 marriage is 100, 100. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think, just, I mean, with that man, it, it will get you, it will take you far in the relationship. And remember to keep that love tank full. And another thing on communication, if I can say this is a bonus, on communication, one of the things in communication, even intimacy, having conversations, even in intimacy, it's no, it's no sense of playing no guest games. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I remember this one thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's just, you know, uh, <laughs> she's, a, uh, you know, with, with ice. Okay. And man, we was probably ten years into the marriage. I was like, man, I don't like that. And then I realized how stupid it was. She, and she was shocked. She like, what? <laughs> I mean, so I mean, even like having those conversations, man. Even with intimacy, man. I mean, if you know, having those conversations, like you know what, I don't like this. I like that. I mean, just just being real, man. Having the conversation all the way in. And I would definitely add for us a commitment to grow together. A commitment to grow together. Um, Cedric and I, we read books together. We listen to podcasts together. If he finds some article, he shoots it to me. He'll send a video to me. And um, once we started doing that, he actually, and I always tell everybody this, um, after high school and military and everything, he actually started reading more way before I did. And then it just became a love for both of us. Seeing him read so many books and seeing it change his life and grow him, I'm like, okay, I need to start reading more too. And us doing that together, we started actually reading books together, discussing them. And I don't want to say I never, <coughs> put, I never pushed her to do it. I never no, pushed her to no, read any books. No, it just was an encouragement seeing him do it because I saw the evidence in his life. And so when I saw things that he was doing, he he was investing in coaching programs and he was doing books and podcasts and all this. And when I saw the evidence in his life, then I did the same. And yeah. then we made a commitment to do it. Yeah. Now we're doing it and we share things with other people, but we do things together. We have yeah. Audible. We share Audible. We have books. We got books all over the house. We read books together books we discuss them yeah. and we you even business books we you we apply those principles and things we learn our to our marriage yeah. we that's grow good. together yeah. and i think that's important and yeah. um, our relationship with god is definitely in our forefront it's always 
our heart to please God. Yeah. And we realize that our marriage is a part of that. A part of us pleasing him is how we walk in our marriage and walk in this world for other people to see how we walk out our marriage. Yeah. So yeah, those are the two things I would say. Yeah. A commitment to grow together and a foundation Absolutely. And I'm extremely grateful of our friendship, Cedric, and, and it's an honor to be able to have access to you and now have access to talk to both of you together in marriage and, and, and talk about these type of topics that are going to help so many yeah. different people. So before I let you go, what's ahead for TMC? What's ahead for Lead to Greatness? What upcoming events can you share with us? And uh, along with that, where can people connect with you on social media? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. For there, we have so many ideas for definitely for TMC because um, we've uh, because of TMC we've been uh, blessed to connect with some great great Amazing. people, yeah. doctors and other couples, and um, we definitely have some plans for that in the near future. Um, we don't have any event dates or anything planned yet, but we definitely will be doing some marriage things with that, yeah. and um, definitely just continuing to grow. We're definitely reaching out to uh, more doctors and therapists and. Uh, more couples to bring on to uh, TMC and to bring more information because we definitely believe we want to make relationships better. And so yep. that's what we're focused on, definitely having the content and the people on there to be able to enlighten other people and change lives and connect them with those people. Um, we have TMC, it's on Spotify, it's on iTunes, it's on YouTube, um, all of those things. And yeah. Yeah, if you just go to the website to www.leadnumber2greatness.com, everything, every platform, everything that we, we're on is on the website, and it will lead, us, lead you to any direction you want to go, to all the social media platforms and everything. And I'm excited for you both. I'm excited for what's ahead for TMC, Lead to Greatness, and the webpage is phenomenal. It looks great. We're going to put links to all of these yeah. To the podcast for both of the podcasts, uh, TMC Lead to Greatness, and we're going to put links to the website as well in the description where people can find you if they need uh, additional coaching and, and all of the services are on there specifically that you offer and you're providing value for so many people and I'm excited for that and, and, I, and I have to say congratulations with the success that you've had. Uh, it's been tremendous and to, to have access to you, like I said, and to be a part of it, witnessing from afar. And, um, it means a lot to me. You're, you're, you're very inspiring to me and it's provided so much value for my life. And it's really shifted me in a direction where I've also wanted to learn so much more. And that's why we're doing this. So we can go on and on about so many different things, but I want to thank you for being on tonight. And, uh, I don't know if there's anything else that you want to share before we close out, but, um, I want to thank you both for taking time to speak to us here on the podcast. Well, thank you for having us. Absolutely. It's been awesome. Thank Absolutely. You. Awesome, man. Thank you for your platform. And man, God bless you, your wife, your family, your ministry, and all the endeavors that, that you're barking upon in 2023, man. God bless you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you for being part of our conversation today. In the description below, you will find links where you can connect with Cedric and Shantae Francis. If you enjoyed today's podcast, go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss out on anything. Also, if you would like to contribute in helping us reach others, I invite you to do so simply by leaving a good rating. Feel free to leave a review or even share it on social media. And that would mean so much to me. 
In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you. In the description below, you will find the links where we can connect and you can let me know how this was helpful to you. You can also visit the blog page where you can find more helpful content like this and inspired to inspire.org inspired the number two inspired.org and for now continue moving forward in the direction god is leading you continue taking steps closer and becoming who god has intended you to be so you can be impactful in every area of your life god bless and we'll see you on the next one